Welcome to the Hoops Habit Hangout for uh, Thursday, January 29th. You're, you'll actually be hearing this on Friday morning. But uh, Shane and I, it's been about two weeks since we got together. We had a pretty hectic schedule last week, and don't you know it, Shane is uh, fighting off the flu this week, but he's here with us. Shane, how you doing? I'm unbearable right now. I'm not very good, but you know <laughs> what? Uh, the NBA All-Star Reserves are being announced as we're speaking, so that makes me feel a little bit better. How you doing? Um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I don't know if you saw Stein's tweet, but it looks like uh, Boogie is going to miss out on the All-Star game. <sighs> Man, like, all right, if I'm him, I'm going to Adam Silver or who? I'm going to the coaches. That's what I'm doing, and I'm going to raise havoc. I'm going to cause uh, a scene because he's been the best center in the NBA besides Marcus Gasol. And, you know, his, his numbers are better than Marcus Gasol, so, I mean, Tomorrow's Cousins has been the best, and I think he deserved a spot. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's that's rough for him. That's one of those reputation picks. But um, let's see, who's, who's been announced so far? we got Clay Thompson. We've got uh, Marcus Aldridge, Russell Westbrook, um, and that's in the West. And then the East, they got three Hawks to the uh, All-Star team. So, well, yeah, what I want to know is that um, I, I think it was – Wanakowski or Spears said that uh, James Harden's going to get the reserves. Well, who's starting for Kobe? I'm I'm assuming that they're going to bump him up. I don't. I, know. I'd put Durant. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you stand about that. I mean, I know Durant's not even played what 30 <coughs> games, but he's an All Star for God's sake. He's the greatest player in the world. He's an All Star. Well, Stein literally just tweeted as you said that that Durant <laughs> made the cut. So we're okay. we're really breaking breaking territory right now. Um, too bad nobody will hear this until tomorrow morning. But mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, yeah, Kevin Durant. I mean, technically speaking, should he be an All Star? No, I think he missed too many games. <laughs> but at the same time, are you really going to fight one of the two best players in the NBA making the All Star game if he's healthy? Probably not. Um, no. Now I think we're waiting on Dwayne Wade's what we're waiting on. Right, except he is also injured. So forgot about that. The, is there is there a chance the Hawks could have a fourth All Star? Could Kyle Korver make the cut? The league does not um, approve of great basketball that way, so no. Oh, no, that's <laughs> Kyle Korver is not a big name to people, but he's the best name to me. So I I would. I know mean, I would have liked to see Kyle Korver make the team. It's kind of an unprecedented case of a guy whose his numbers aren't that great, but he's so deadly. He's, I don't know. It's an interesting. He, he only has one dunk this whole season. He's not an All Star. <laughs> well, when uh, when dunks are worth as much as three pointers, I'm sure he'll try and switch it up. But uh, anyway, let's uh, while we're waiting for more of this uh, All Star news to break. Go ahead and jump right in. Uh, a few days ago, you wrote a column about the Golden State Warriors possibly reaching 70 wins on the season, and wouldn't you know it, the next day they go and they go and lose a, an overtime game to the Chicago Bulls. Um, what's your opinion on this now, Shane? Well, my opinion is that it's my luck because every time I do something that seems you know smart and intelligent and foreseeing the future and everything. Mm-hmm. Something negative has to backfire, and it has to make me look like I'm stupid. But I am indeed not stupid because I believe there's a chance, and it seems crazy. 70 wins has not been done mm-hmm. since those Bulls, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's only been done by those 95, 96 Bulls. That's mm-hmm. it. So would you know, Steve Kerr was a member of those Bulls, and Steve Kerr is the leader of this team right now. And would you know that Stephen Curry is not Michael Jordan, but he's having a heck of a season. And the, these two guys, I'm telling you, they are rough riders, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. They can score the ball better than any duo I've ever seen, okay? Yeah. So I think there's a chance that you don't lose that many games at home. They've lost two games at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And majority of their schedules against Eastern Conference. They have about 16, 16 bottom East teams coming up in the next you know few weeks or whatever, so... I think it's. I think there's a chance, man. I, you know, I don't think you're crazy either. I think uh, that one loss a few nights ago definitely hurts. But when you look at all that had to happen in that game for him to lose, yeah, it's uh, they had to not make a three <laughs> from the first half on. They didn't make a single three in the second half or overtime. Um, 
You know, Stephen Curry had to be shut down by Derrick Rose. Andrew Bogut had to be on the sidelines. You know, they had a lot of things going wrong. And, and it was an impressive win for the Bulls, don't get me wrong. But that all that had to go wrong for them to get their seventh loss of the season. They're allowed, with 70 wins, you're allowed to lose 12. Right. They still have, you know, they still, technically speaking, they're still on pace because that, that first loss came in the second half of the season for them. So... <laughs> Technically, they're still on pace for for seventy wins if if you uh, if you do the math right. And I'll tell you this: the that Bulls game they lost the other night, which mm-hmm. made it look weird. That was actually a projected loss for me. Like, if if you had to pick out any losses in those remaining what forty games left or thirty nine games, if you had to pick out the games that they could lose, that's one of them. Like, mm-hmm. it ain't like they lost to Philly. It ain't like they went into Sacramento and lost. They will they will never do that. Mm-hmm. And it's and and you know because Chicago, one of their strengths is is Golden State's biggest weakness, especially when Bogut is out. You know they have Draymond Green and Murray Streets playing, you know, taking turns protecting the rim. Draymond Green is my favorite for Defensive Player of the Year right now, but you know against bigger, taller guys like Joakim Noah, Taj Gibson, um, Pau Gasol, that's a that's a tough matchup. So. Um, not a not a bad loss for the Warriors. It was a rough way to see the streak come to an end when they had opportunities to win it. But uh, you know that was that was such an interesting game because on the one hand, because you know it was entertaining as hell for one thing. Yeah. And then for another thing, it kind of uh, kind of captured Derrick Rose's entire comeback season in one game. And and words from you, he put the middle fingers up to NBA Twitter. <laughs> oh yeah. Giant middle finger to NBA Twitter after, you know, for the whole second half in overtime, everybody's talking about why is Rose settling for jumpers. God, Derrick Rose's jumper looks terrible. And how does he win the game? Step back jumper. <laughs> I read somewhere that he uh, t- he said after the game, man, you don't want me to quit shooting. I'm going to keep shooting. So, I mean, his percentage is going up from three, but it, I mean, still, like, it's the nastiest thing to look at. I mean, the, his three point jumpers are the epitome of both face ugly, so. Yeah, they're not, you will not see a swish and rattle in. <laughs> the phrase Derrick Rose rattles in a free, free should be used every time he takes one because. <laughs> and it doesn't, does it, or does it not look like that he's using all of his strength he has in his body when he takes those threes? It does. It, it looks sort of. It looks sort of painful when he shoots, but at the same time, you know, in January he's shooting thirty nine percent from three. So recently he's been doing a lot better, which is hilarious. Um, the Bulls January has been a complete like train wreck in terms of it. it it's it's been bad, then it's been good, then it's been bad, then it's been good. So I, I don't know. Right. I mean, I I think if they had gotten you know any sort of consistency out of Jimmy Butler lately. You know the Bulls would be on a tear right now, but um, you know they're slowly getting back to what they were doing when they were streaking a few weeks ago. Um, I just I just thought it was hilarious that you know Rose he has 11 turnovers, but and and zero assists for most of the night, and then his first assist comes to that cut that Kirk Heinrich three that puts the Bulls on <laughs> two, and then he hits the game winner. I mean. This guy is not scared of having a bad night and still managing to come through clutch. Uh, him and Russell Westbrook. I'll say Russell Westbrook's the least scared player to have a bad night because he just truly does not care if he goes two for 45. No. But as long as they win the game and as long as he's hitting that last shot, yeah. Right. Then it's uh, it was uh, it, it's kind of sad because we still hold Derrick Rose to that MVP standard because we want him to get back <laughs> to that level. But you know that kind that game kind of opened my eyes. You know maybe. Maybe Derrick Rose isn't going to get back to that level, and we should just kind of start taking him for what he is now. Don't ever say the words "get back to that level" because uh, my boy just will not get back to his level. You know what I'm talking about? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Kobe. That's what I'm talking about. And you know that's that's a good segue into our next topic because over the last two weeks, especially the last week, we've seen a bunch of major injuries that. Uh, could impact, you know, the very exciting Eastern Conference playoff race. <laughs> um, in Detroit, we have Brandon Jennings tearing his Achilles. In, uh, in Charlotte, we have Kemba Walker going down. And, uh, you know, both of these teams are making a push for <laughs> the 
eighth or seventh seed. Then you've got Dwayne Wade with his injury that might sideline him for a few weeks. You've got the Brooklyn Nets, you know, imploding, <laughs> trying to ship off anybody they can at this By point. By the way, I'll say that's the most that, that's the least entertaining and intriguing team of the entire year. You have not heard one thing come out of there except trade rumors for Brooke Lopez. That's it. No. I I was not high on this team entering the season. I said they weren't going to make the playoff, and I'm starting to, you know, finally be proven right. Um, they're they're a dumpster fire right now. <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about the Pistons and Brandon Jennings first. Um, that's a that's a major blow to him. You know, after Josh Smith's departure, Brandon Jennings had a player efficiency rating of like upper twenties. Um, just a completely different player. How? Do the Pistons have a chance of making the playoffs with him out? I mean, if if Chicago fans will fly to Detroit and try to persuade everyone on the streets that DJ Augustine is the answer, because to, for them the other you know the last year was it last year? Yeah, for them last year Augustine was the guy. He came in and averaged 16, 17 points per game, probably 18. Whenever um, you know they were had all those massive injuries, they couldn't do anything. Augustine was just he was the dumpster fire in the league. He he couldn't find a, a reliant and a, you know consistent starting spot, starting gig. He he didn't he failed in Toronto and everything, but come Chicago and succeeded. So I mean, Detroit has it. They, they they have the front court to do it. I mean, you know, Greg Monroe was on the cusp of an All Star this year. I mean, they, they can do it. It's just Brandon Jennings coming there averaging twenty five a night after Josh Smith went down, and now this. I, uh, if they do make the playoffs, it's all credit to one guy, and that's Stan Van Gundy, because I don't think these guys are mature enough to, you know, cope with something like this. So, right, it's uh, that's that's a devastating injury because they were playing so well, you know, um, and they were making that push, but now they've lost four straight. The Celtics are actually ahead of them in the standings now after you know losing. What is Boston trying to make the playoffs for? I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I can't even. <laughs> there are there are so many teams right now that you just need to shake and ask what what are you doing? Last night, last night, <laughs> I thought the world was ending when the Knicks, the Timberwolves, oh. and the Sixers all won on the same night. <laughs> yeah, a buddy of mine is still to this day hell bent, and I mean hell bent on the Thunder being that much better than the Suns. And it, you're crazy if you think they're gonna hold them off. It's Durant and it's Durant and Westbrook. Who's the Suns guy? That's what he says. And yeah. I say, keep looking at the scoreboard. They keep <laughs> on losing these games to teams they should not lose to. They lost to the Knicks last night. I just I laughed. I laughed last night. It's on my Twitter, dude. I, I just couldn't stop because every time you give them a chance, every time Phoenix loses a couple games, we'll have to uh, – who they lose to the other night on – I don't know. but Knicks? Thund- yeah, and the Thunder – I mean, no, no, the th- the Suns lost the other night – couple nights back and the thunder just could not capitalize on it so it's like you you can't do it it's it's tough i mean i obviously you you you're tempted to make excuses like oh they were playing without kevin durant oh they've played six or the last seven games on the road but there's really no excuse for losing to the knicks even if they have been playing better basketball lately um you know the the thunder were just coming off a really underwhelming win against the timberwolves two nights earlier, um, they're not doing what we thought they'd be doing. And it's I'm, I'm writing about this for tomorrow, actually, about what needs to happen for them to make the playoffs. But their ball movement is terrible. Uh, Westbrook's the only one that can facilitate. And nobody on this damn team can shoot a three. My God, man. It, it's so ridiculous to, see, to watch Andre Roberson take a three. Or, you know, I mean, Anthony Morrow is the only one, the only guy that you can really legitimately rely on from a corner three perspective. And that's sad. Corner three is the easiest shot in the game. And what's really sad is there, the guy who leads them in three-point percentage is Serge Ibaka. No, no, man. If I'm Scott Brooks, I'm looking at that and saying, you know, this ain't all my fault. I just don't have the players right now. Like, I have two guys that are top ten in the league, two top ten guys, probably two top five guys, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. when they're at their peak, and that's all you have. I mean, Serge offensively, I'm, I'm still not sold. I don't think I'll ever be sold on Serge Ibaka as a complete offensive arsenal. But other right. than that, that's it. He's a, he's a good pick-and-pop guy. He can spread defense as well with, you know, the mid-range and with his three-point shot. I mean, to his credit, he's shooting 39% from downtown this year. Um, but he's not 
He's not an inside presence, and this team, you know, they look outside of Westbrook, nobody looks like they are ready for this challenge. Reggie Jackson has fallen off the face of the earth. You know, Raiders is shooting like 30%, less, he's shooting like 26% from three or something like that. Um, this team is in trouble fast. I mean, they have I'm to win start. like 70% of their games from here to make the playoffs probably. I'm going to start calling Reggie Jackson Lamar Odom because after he was proposedly traded, he just fell off the face of the earth. Like Lamar Odom, they thought about trading him uh, from that Chris Paul trade, remember that? And mm-hmm. ever since then, he has not been Lamar Odom. Mm-hmm. So, I'm Reggie Jackson. Is this? <laughs> I don't know. Right. It's uh, it's an interesting dilemma. The Suns. I mean, to their credit, the Suns. They have the third best record since December seventeenth. Um, that that tip of knowledge is from our our guru over at Hoops Habit, Michael Dunlap. Shout out to the boss. But uh, um, you know, the Suns are doing what it hasn't been pretty. If they <laughs> if they surrender one more double digit lead, I think I'm gonna have heart palpitations and die, but, um, you know, they're, they're winning games. They're doing, they're taking care of business at home, five and two on the homestand. So if the Thunder don't get Durant back soon from that toe sprain, they could legitimately miss the playoffs. And we could be talking about a one year title or bust window with his free agency coming up. And you're talking about him being the league, I believe eight years or nine, I'll say eight. Eight years without a title. Okay, you're you're up for criticism. I, there's no more. Give me time. No, you've had time. I'm sorry. Fun question. What would have happened? You know, Thunder fell short Western Conference Finals last year. I know what you're gonna say, man. What would have happened if they had fired Scott Brooks and hired Steve Kerr? I mean, you you might see some ball movement. You might see it move. You might see the ball move from side to side, ball reversals. You might see more than 85% of their plays, or you know, you might see less than 85% of their plays being isolations. That's all it is. And you know, with the Warriors, I'd be willing to look it up. That I believe they pass probably the top three or top four most in the league. I think the Hawks rank number one in passes per game. It's about about 405 per game. The Warriors are there, and you know, the Thunder. I'm willing to bet they're dead last. I'm willing to bet it. Their yeah, their <laughs> their rates for assisted uh, field goals are are bottom five, if I remember correctly. But it's not it's not I you know it's rough for Hell, Scott. Bring Mark, bring Mark Jackson. I don't care. <laughs> it's it's rough for Scott Brooks because he is a good developer of young talent. You know he he got a lot of good young talent on his team and he's developed them into. You know, superstars. But at the same time, this is definitely one of those um, Doug Collins to Phil Jackson kind of situations oh. where you have a good coach, or even Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr kind of situations. You know, you have a good coach, but you need a great coach to break through that barrier. And the Thunder have not. So uh, that's that's another injury that could be major. But uh, let's talk about one more guy. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, who is playing through the pain right now with the thumb injury, um, just got selected to the All-Star team as a reserve. And uh, Shane, do you think it's a smart decision for him to be playing with a torn ligament in his thumb? I might be in the minority, um, but I do. I think it's smart because I mean, let's just let's just look at what he's done. Okay, he, he he's been a legitimate top. I'm gonna say in mind, top seven MVP. I mean, I'm, there's a lot of MVP candidates, but he's been in there for me, at least, because mm-hmm. he's led that Blazers team front court to one of the best records in the West. That's hard to do. It's the hardest conference in history. So, and, and you combine that with the fact that whenever he tore his thumb, he realized, well, um, you know, playoffs may be out of my control, maybe out of our control right now because we're losing these games. They lost six out of their last eight whenever that happened. And you know, Damian Lillard was was struggling. He's still struggling. Uh, he was struggling to score points, and they couldn't get the proper defense like they had with the Marcus Aldridge there. But when he came back uh, and said that he was going to play with that, scores 26 in the first night. Then the other night against Cleveland in a loss, you know, in a loss, granted, but he dropped 38, mm-hmm. and you know, good field goal percentage. It doesn't seem like it's bothering him that bad. If, right. if it's bothering him, and he's out there shooting four for 30, or you know. You know what I mean? Not getting rebounds, not attacking the glass, being scared to, to pass or catch or anything like that. I would see why it'd be a concern and a, a dumb decision. But 
if it's not going to bother him, why not delay it? Why not get your team into a top three seed, which is where you need to be? And they, they lost to Cleveland last night on Kyrie Irving's historical night, so um, yeah. it's not looking too good for Portland in that crazy West, but if he's there and he's playing like, like he did last night, I'll trust it just on Damian Lillard and get Robin Lopez back at full strength, for God's sake. Right. I think uh, I was a little concerned about it when he first announced that that's what he was going to do. Um, you know, you never want to risk long-term damage for the short term unless you're contending for a title like right now. Um, but the Blazers kind of are in that territory, and heading into that game against Washington, they lost five of six games. Like you said, Lillard was not shooting well at all. He was shooting like 38% from the field um, over the last couple weeks. And, you know, if he can come out and play at that high a level, then good for him. Like you said, he put up 38 on the Cavs. If it weren't for Kyrie Irving going off <laughs> five, you know, we'd be talking about what a hero he is. Um, the Blazers, they're, they're slipping in the West, so they definitely need the best they can get from Aldridge. And as long as it doesn't, you know, start to bother him, then uh, then I guess I would support it. Yeah, and if there's anyone that can work around this, if there's anyone that can work around this, it's Terry Stotts. Um, you know, he don't get the, the credit he deserves. I remember when he was an assistant on the Mavericks and got shoved over. I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> um, Matt Barnes shoved him completely to the ground when he was a member of the Lakers. And, you know, ever since then, Terry Stotts became a head coach at Portland, and he's been he's been kicking, you know, kicking you-know-what over there. So uh, good for him, and good for LaMarcus Aldridge and everyone, because I think that team is, like, the only team that I would pick right now, the way they look, that could take could take down Golden State right now. I mean, I don't think Memphis could, but I, I feel like Portland could if they if they just got – if they got a couple bounces going their way. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about one more – non-playoff related injury. Um, oh, this God. One, this one's going to make you sad. I mean, do you, at this point, like when you wake up and if you, you know, wear your Lakers jacket or a, or a jersey, do you, like, feel ashamed now to put it on or kind of depressed or, like, how does that work now? I'm not ashamed because if someone chuckles at me or giggles at me, I just hold up 1-6 or 16, <laughs> 16 championships. Mm. That's, what, that's what I do. Um, but you know, I mean, you have to live in the past. That's that's how you do it. Um, you know, until they are actually a good team, until they get Jahil Okafor, which I'm saying they'll get Jahil Okafor, then <laughs> then it's gonna have to be right. It's gonna have to be rough, and it's rough because you know Swaggy P's not even wanting to play. Are you kidding me? Swaggy P doesn't want to play. That guy's the most playground kid out there. He's always wanting to go five on five or one on five, rather. So. When when Swaggy P doesn't want to play, you know it's not a good season. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Kobe. Kobe go down with a rotator cuff tear, had mm -hmm. successful surgery the other day, and it's supposed to be nine months, which will put him at the end of October, start of the regular season, if he wants to come back. I guess what I'm going to ask you is, I know the answer is probably no. He doesn't need to. He doesn't have anything to prove. He doesn't need to come back. But is he going to come back? Mm -hmm. It's tough because. I don't know. If he's healthy, if he can stay healthy, yes. I know he's going to try to come back. He's not going to go out this way. He's going to go out on his own terms. Um, that's just that's just who we know him to be. A nine-month rehab process, it's supposed to be painful. He's going to view that as another challenge, another obstacle, um, because that's just who he is. But at the same time, this does feel like the – not even the beginning of the end. It feels like the middle of the end because it's it's felt that way for a while now. Just watching. I I think the day after the Achilles tear, the day after when everyone was freaking out, when people were on ESPN and doctors were saying, you know, no one comes back from this at age 35, whatever, hm. or 36. That was the beginning of the end. That day right there. Right. Um, and we, we didn't know it yet. Yeah, but and then the knee tear was like the. The thirty percent mark of the of the end, and now we're at fifty. I think we're at fifty or sixty. So we're at fifty or sixty percent on the Kobe panic meter right now. As in, as in the the end, as right. in the yeah, at the end, the the Achilles was there. Uh, it was at the beginning. The knee put it at about thirty percent. Now we're at fifty percent. If he has another injury, the skyrocket another fifty percent. Because if he has another injury, it's done. He 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 can't go back for a twenty first season because they're not going to re-sign him to something that he wants. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you never like to see recurring injuries, but with an older player, you also never like to see so many different injuries either because that, you know, the body's starting to wear down for him. And it's, it's sad to see because I wanted to see him, you know, gloriously just put up 25 shots a night and he was doing it for a while, but he was also only making about 37% of them. And I, let me say, I think it's unfair because I think it's unfair that Paul Pierce is healthy with these wizards and that it's unfair that Duncan is healthy with these spurs. Duncan's having a heck of a season, all spur season in my book. So I think it's unfair. Why are these guys not getting hurt? And I know it sounds stupid. I sound bad for that, but like, why pick on the guy that's that's worked harder than anyone else? Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to quantify that, but I will say it is, it is unfair, especially recently. It just feels like so many star players have been injured, and it's particularly cruel when they're on the last legs of their career. So, we'll, we'll pour one out for Kobe. Um, we'll also pour one out for the Suns' chances of getting their top five protected pick because that pretty much went out the window. Um, but, I can see uh, it all now. I can see the Suns now getting a eight or seven seed and and getting a top five pick. Like that's that's winning in the West. Like that's better than championship to me. <laughs> so, that would that would have been ideal. But uh, you know, hope you get better soon, Kobe. And uh, <laughs> boy, we need our stars to stop getting injured. So uh, let's talk about a team that is um, sort of healthy. You know, LeBron James sat out the other night when Kyrie went off, but. Um, the Cleveland Cavaliers, just when we were hitting, you know, not hitting, but slamming the panic button on their season, um, LeBron James had been sitting out for a few games, and uh, he comes back, and they reel off eight straight wins, uh, seven with him, and then one last night because Kyrie Irving went into NBA Jam. He's on fire mode. So, Payne, are you uh, are you buying into the Cavs as one of the top teams in the East again? In terms of and and who you want to play in the seven-game series, absolutely. I mean, Cleveland is going to – because I, I don't think they'll catch Chicago by the end of this. I think Chicago will keep on winning because Derrick Rose has turned into Derrick Rose. Mm-hmm. And I think the Bulls will get that four spot or a three spot. So mm-hmm. I'm going to say Cleveland six to the five. That, 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 that'll have them play the four. I mean, that's not – and if you put Cleveland against Chicago or Washington – Tell me the Cavs won't be favored because of the LeBron James. I mean, he, they'll just be favored because of him because mm-hmm. he's been to the finals the last four years from the East. I mean, it's just a lock. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the way they're playing offensively, it, it's unreal. I mean, it makes up for – they totally debunk the um, you can't be a top – you can't be a bottom ten defense and win a championship. Like, they could do it, and they, they might do it. So, you know, if they, if they do end up uh, indeed doing that, then those – Rewrite history because they'll be the only team to do it in the last you know forty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I believe in them and I just don't know if I don't know if David Blatt the other day was trying to get on LeBron's good side when he said that he's definitely the MVP. He he's definitely the MVP. He's he's the best player we have and he's he's the primary reason for our success. Like mm-hmm. I just hope that relationship works out, but I'm not sure. I'm uh see here's the thing about the Cavs. They're like you know they're like the pretty girl at the bar. That like you know you want you want to believe that you can change her you think you can get her number she's flirting with you and then you know at the end of the night she just kind of disappears she's, not, <laughs> she's too good to be true and she's too inconsistent too flaky wow I'm not, I'm not buying into them just yet I think this is a good sign for them I think their offense is finally clicking I think anything to take the attention away from um, how mediocre Kevin Love has been is a good thing, but I'm not, you know, I look at the West and I, I see five teams that could beat them if, if the Cavs even make it to the finals, you know. I think the Warriors would beat them easily. I think the Grizzlies would beat them. I think the Spurs would beat them. I think the Blazers would beat them. And I think even the Rockets would beat them, you know. Yeah. They're top five defense as well. I don't think... I think as good as their offense is and as much fun as they've been to watch lately, I don't I don't think you can do it without a top, you know, top 10 defense these days. Yeah, do you remember you remember when LeBron beat Durant in the finals, right? Mhm. And you know, it's funny cuz we thought that those team like those players were just going to keep getting better on better teams and stuff, but how crazy is it to believe that Kevin Durant and LeBron James have the worst teams they've had in the last 5 years or 4 years? 
I it, mean, <laughs> it is. It's kind of. Uh, yeah, it is kind of interesting. We've been deprived of too many Durant, LeBron James showdowns, and um, damn you, Patrick Beverly, for that injury for Russell Westbrook that God, one. God, man. But because um, I, I, I don't think it was. And we need to look this up. We need to look it up and see if LeBron James in the last, you know, maybe six or seven years has ever been 11 games back from the number one seed. They're 11 and a half back from the Hawks. I don't right. think it's ever happened in LeBron's career. And that's that's another thing we need to talk about is that, you know, the last four years, Miami has had some competition in, like, the Pacers, but for the most part, they've been virtually unchallenged in the first two rounds, like, every season. You know, they just breeze their way to the conference finals. <laughs> and, you know, they had one hard-fought series with Indiana that I thought the Pacers should have won. You know, they were a couple seconds away that LeBron James game winner when he took it to the rack. 2013. Yeah, 2013. Um, but they've been virtually unchallenged in the East. This year, they're going to have their hands full, especially if they can't climb into the top four. Chicago's a good team that would that could exploit their weaknesses inside. Um, you know, the Raptors are a good team with DeRozan back. The, the Hawks are just on a completely different <laughs> level of else in the East right now. Um you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to see a Warriors Hawks finals, and I don't. You know, there's a real possibility that the Cavs could go home in the second round if they don't keep this momentum going for the rest of the season. I mean, if the NBA is destined to be the NFL, to where the number one seeds will meet, like you know Seahawks and Patriots, then hey, that's what you'll get. <laughs> I think those two have locked down number one seeds. I don't care if it's not, you know, um, technically. Um, out of the question yet, but they're they're gonna be number one seeds, the Warriors and the Hawks. And if you told me that before the season, I would have shot you in the face. So, <laughs> well, that's uh, that seems like a harsh overreaction, but um, I, I think we could both agree that a Warriors Hawks finals, as of right now, would just be so damn entertaining. It wouldn't even be close to anything else. I'd go to Atlanta. It's only six hours. Like I would go there to see people just, you know, go crazy because they have not hosted a final. I don't know if they've hosted finals. To be honest with you, I don't think they've they've, they've never been past the the second round. Well, they, not since uh, let's see, Bob Pettit in the fifties, the Hawks. That was their that was their claim to fame with a championship. The one of like two times Bill Russell didn't win a championship <laughs> thirteen years. That's that's how far back we're going for the Hawks. But, um, yeah, the ball movement would just make your head dizzy after each game. I think it would be – I think that's that's what I'm Kyle rooting Corver for. Kyle versus Clay Thompson, please. Please, thank God. Oh. <laughs> that would be amazing. But uh, let's, uh, let's move on to our, uh, our game segments. Um, we'll start with buy or sell. So uh, in the last five games, the, the Pelicans lost last night, but uh, – you know, or actually, I guess Wednesday night. But uh, the Pelicans are four and one in their last five games. They're kind of making a push, putting a little bit of pressure on the Phoenix Suns for that eighth spot. Are you buying or selling that they are making a push for that playoff spot? I want to buy it so bad because I want Anthony Davis to win MVP. I, I'm not going to hide it. I want him to win MVP. I think that that would completely prove to everyone that you know you don't have to be a top seed to win it, uh, to win that award. And if they do make the playoffs, the and and I had a vote. If those two things, you know, were real, then I'd vote for him. But I don't buy that they're going to put any pressure on the Suns because they they still they have the worst problem than the Suns do. The Suns they get up. You told me you, they get up for big games. They do. They get up to play. You know, the Rockets, the Blazers, the Spurs. They get up to play those games. But then they fall apart against the Pistons or you know against the Bucks. That's what they do. And I think that's what the Pelicans do. They're just prone to it. I, I don't know what's in. I don't know if it's in their guys' minds that you know we have to win every single game. I don't think that's in their minds right now. But probably because they they haven't been in this position since they got Anthony Davis, so it's just new new territory for them. And I don't see them. I see them finishing third out of the three of the Phoenix uh, Suns, Thunder, and Pelicans. To be honest with you. Right. I I agree. I I think they're putting some you know temporary pressure on. I think they're you know they're doing their best. They're a young a youngish team um, in terms of not, you know, their core was completely decimated by injuries last season. 
Um, and this is like their first season finally playing together with that Drew Holiday, Eric Gordon, Tyreek Evans mess in the backcourt. But I I don't see them. You know, they've got a back-to-back coming up with the Thunder in a few days, beginning of February. Um, they play at home against the Thunder, and they play in OKC. Um, that's going to tell us a lot about their playoff intentions because they could potentially end Oklahoma City season with those two wins right there. They've already beaten the Thunder twice this year, so if they win the tie, the season series, that could be a huge advantage by the end of the season. Um, like you said, if if Anthony Davis and the Pelicans don't make the playoffs, I, I don't see the Brow winning his MVP award yet this year. Um, I would I would give it to James Harden or Steph Curry over him at this point. But uh, you know, if they do make the playoffs, that would that would be one one heck of an accomplishment. You'd have to give him MVP at that point. Yeah, and you know, it's pretty funny. You know, how, what what's the because I'm see if you get this right because you know you're an NBA guru. What's the toughest conference or toughest division in basketball? The tough that's the uh, Southwest by With, far. <laughs> without a doubt, Southwest. Put money on it every year, every year until Duncan just retires. But um, I'll say that the Pelicans are six and four against Southwest, third division, right? The Suns are three and six against them. So you know New Orleans is getting the job done against the guys that they are supposed to, and you know that, that's what you ask for. It's just when they go out to the East, they fall apart. I mean, you can't you can't have inconsistency. Right, and it's. It's tough, um, but the the Southwest Division is brutal. So I'm I'm gonna have to sell that they're making a a playoff push. Oh yeah, so I don't think I told you I'm selling it. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're both selling that sucker. Um, <laughs> next one, buy or sell that the San Antonio Spurs now that they're healthy are back. I'm buying it because I never did have it out of my possession. I'm buying it, and I, I've always bought it because I think that. In the playoffs, it don't matter what seed they are. Like it don't matter. All they were missing was Kawhi Leonard. He's had that uh, infected eye in the beginning of the year, and then he had the uh, hand break. So, you know, that's all he needed. He's their bread and butter. I mean, I don't care how he's really playing. It's just he makes it. He make. I don't care what he's screen or anything like that. It's just he makes things gel together. He's a great passer. He's a great playmaker, and he he's smart. He might he might have the like the Marshawn Lynch attitude. He doesn't really like to talk to the media. But he's but he can play. Mm-hmm. I, I'm buying it. I'm uh I'm gonna buy it too. They've you know they've won eight of their last ten games. They just passed the Dallas Mavericks for sixth in the East or in the West, so they're moving their way up. And if you look at their last couple of losses, you know they're not to bad teams. You got the Bulls, the Wizards, uh, the Pistons who were streaking at that time, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Thunder. You know those are their last losses in, a, in order, um, those aren't bad teams to lose to at all. And now that they're healthy, um, you know, they're going to want to make a run. I, 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 I wouldn't go as far as saying that it doesn't matter what seed they get because if you look at the teams in front of them, there are no pushovers. They're going to have to, if they want to repeat, they're going to have to work harder than they've had to work for probably any of their titles. But um, I will say that if they're healthy and if this is this – is, who they are, what we're seeing lately, um, you know, we've got like six teams in the West now that could potentially win the conference. So um, that's April is just going to be a bloodbath in the Western Conference. And that that's pretty funny. It's not remember last year they thought that people thought it was wide open, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think only three teams could have won it last year. I think the Spurs, Thunder, and Clippers, the top three seeds. I think those were the only three teams that I could see coming out. I can see six coming out. I, it's, I can see them. Yeah, last year it was definitely those three that were, you know, if it wasn't those three, then it would have been one of the craziest things that we've seen <laughs> in the playoffs. But um, this year it's, uh, good Lord, it's going to be hard making predictions for those series. <laughs> and I think if James Harden wins, finals MVP, he, he needs to shave the beard. Oh, no. <laughs> That's what I say. But that's like that's like uh, like Samson and Delilah, you know. If he cuts his beard, he might lose his powers. Oh man, he's our superhero, and I don't really like that. I don't like the guy too much. I don't know. I, you you know, don't like? I'm a Kobe guy. I don't think that they can like. Here's they can like James Harden. I, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you you're 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 gonna have to accept when when Kobe hangs it up. 
eventually you will you will understand that he's the best shooting guard in the game. Yeah, yeah. But uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll talk a little bit about him in a bit. But um, last one for buy or sell. Right now, the Hawks. Uh, they're seven games ahead of Toronto for the top seed in the East. Uh, Shane, are you buying or selling that the Hawks are this much better than everyone else in the East? They're not losing until March 15th, okay? I mean, that's just that's a fact. March 15th is they're going to be their loss. It's against the Lakers at Staples Center. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's when they're losing their game. So oh. they'll go on a 28, 29, no, 32-game win streak. They'll break the NBA record. I'm just kidding. Um, I think I think they're real though. Like this team is for real. You really cannot see them losing the way that they play basketball. Mm-hmm. The Nets had them at halftime. The Nets were fighting and, and grinding with them. I watched the whole game last night, and I, I was kind of wondering to myself, why am I watching this when I know the outcome? Like Atlanta just plays hard, and you know, Horford. I heard someone echo it the other day on uh, on the commentary that he's the best shooting center. Like. Try to argue with it because his mid-range shot is money. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm buying it. I'm gonna buy it as well. I think, uh, and and maybe it's not so much because the Hawks are that good, but maybe it's because the rest of the East has had their problems. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, great. All right. I, I, you can credit the players all you want, and I think the player. I think the NBA is a players' league, not a coaches' league. But without Budenholzer there, if it's Mike Woodson, this team is not in the top four. No, no, I I, I definitely agree with you on that. I think uh, you know picking between Mike Budenholzer and Steve <laughs> for coach of the year is is you know like pulling let's, teeth at this. Let's point. make a fight. Let's. Make... <laughs> it's uh, it's I don't oh boy that's good. <laughs> I think if we. I, I really just want to see Warriors Hawks at this point because they've just been so dominant in their respective conferences. <laughs> you got you got the battle of the coach of the year candidates. Um, you know you've got the battle of ball movement, of team defense, of bench units. Um, there's just there's just so much intrigue here. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that they're this much better than the East. Um, I think their lead holds up the rest of the way. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they, let me let me just say these are my least favorite days of the season, like the last two weeks in January before they all start right. I just I, I don't know. Maybe it's just like burnout. Is it burnout or is it just like you know I've been watching League Pass so many hours, so many nights in a row that it's just you know you kind of want the All Star break to get here now. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. It's uh, it's it's burnout time for the players and for <laughs> the guys that cover them because at this point we're. We're just looking forward to All Star Break, and we're excited about who's been picked and who's been snubbed and all that, all that good stuff. Um, but you know that that week's a good way to recharge and and refuel for the last last stretch of the season. But yeah. um, let's move to our next game. Uh, fill in the blank. Um, couple. Let's see. Against the San Antonio Spurs a few weeks ago, the Phoenix Suns. They lost a very close game on the road. They were down three with less than two minutes to play, and uh, P.J. Tucker and Markeith Morris got back-to-back technicals. And at that point, Jeff Hornacek instituted a very uh, controversial rule that anyone who got a technical for arguing with a referee would be benched for the rest of the game. Um, you know, At the time, we thought it was an idle threat. We thought, okay, that's cute. Maybe he'll do it once, or maybe he'll bench a guy for a quarter and then bring it back in. Uh, no, he was not kidding. He benched Goran Dragic for the rest of the game in the third quarter against uh, the Rockets, I think. And uh, he did the same thing to Marquise Morris against the Clippers. And then the Suns were outscored by 22 from there. So, Shane, um, he's since made some tweaks to that. But his, his, uh, his technical foul policy was blank. Um, I'm going to say... Um, overdoing it, I'm gonna say overdoing it because I get the principle. I get the principle. The principle is you 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 don't want to cost your team points. Don't cost your team free throw points. I mean, you're putting James Harden at the line. You deserve to be on the bench because you know you're 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 trying to argue with the refs because of what something happened in the past. The refs have no ability to go back and change the call from two possessions ago. Don't bark at them. Mm-hmm. So that that's my theory on that. And but then but then the counter argument would probably be. 
you know, you're also costing your team points if Gordon Drogic's on the bench. Because they're not losing that game with Gordon Drogic's on the bench. They were up by nine with, like, a minute and 30 left. So, yeah. I'd, I'm going to say overdoing it. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna go with long-term focus. That's not really a word. Okay. But, um, <laughs> here's the thing about that policy is I get, you know, these aren't high school kids. They're, they're you know, adults who make millions of dollars playing this game. And when push comes to shove, if a coach is sitting benching players that the front office wants to play, um, that coach isn't going to last very long. You know, coaches are not expendable in this league. But at the same time, Hornacek said the goal is to win a championship, to get guys in here who want to win a championship. You don't do that by leading the league in technicals. You don't do that by giving up, you know, at that at the time he implemented or he benched uh, Morris for that Clippers game, the Suns had 51 technicals. That's 51 free chances for points they're giving away. For a team that's you know right on the night of the edge of the Western Conference, you can't afford to do that. Um, and I, I defended him for that rule. You know, if, if they don't like being treated like high schoolers, don't act like high schoolers. <laughs> you know? What what good has ever come from a player arguing a technical foul? Nothing. So no, it's 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 a it's it's tough love, but this is this is the third youngest team in the league, um, and I think they needed it. He's he's going with his discretion now as to whether he feels the player deserved the technical, as far as benching goes. But um, I I stood by it. It couldn't be a forever kind of rule, but to get them back to not doing stupid things like that. <laughs> Maybe not. Like, if Steve Kerr done it, now I think it would have an even stronger principle because he's saying when the playoffs come, don't be getting technical. So he's going to sit, um, you know, Sean Lunson if he gets a technical. He's going to sit David Lee if he gets a technical. I can see that. But, like, if you're trying to get to the playoffs, don't, don't, I'm, I'm going to say blatantly, don't screw yourself. Just just don't. But, you know, I think we're both we both see both sides of it, so it doesn't matter. And as long as it it's not going to be a problem anymore, because I guarantee the players have heard too much about it. I mean, you probably asked Goran about it. You probably asked uh, it and Eric about it. So, mm-hmm. right, it's uh, it's it was an overreaction, but a necessary one. Um, oh, by the way, who's the funnest to talk to in that locker room? I've been wanting to know. The most fun person to talk to in the locker room. Um, I don't know. I mean, the nicest is definitely Goran Dragic. He's always willing to talk to somebody. Um, Isaiah Thomas is is a pretty fun interview. Um, PJ Tucker is pretty serious, but he he gives some he gives some really thoughtful insight. Um, See, when they came to Indy, we just all surrounded Pump Plumley, which was pretty funny. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> um, but let's move on to our second fill in the blank. Um, this is we're we're probably gonna have an argument on this based on your opinion on James Harden, but uh, your MVP halfway through the season is blank. The best player on the best team, Stephen Curry. I'm sorry, like I, I hate that logic. You know, best player on the best team, but it it it, it works. It really works, especially if the guy, especially if the guy is you know averaging twenty. Was it twenty two and nine, something like that? So I mean, you know, Steph Curry, it's it's very plausible to say he's been the most important to that team. Take him off that team. I always like to do this. Like if I had one game to win for my life, I'm I'm gonna take Steph Curry over James Harden because he can light up anytime he wants to, and he's been the best playmaker. You know, he's been outside of John Wall, who's been getting all these guys involved. Steph Curry, look at these some of these passes he's doing. Like he's just so free freestyle, careless out there. He's not like bundled up and, you know, scared anymore like he was in his first two years. Like, he just, he feels it now. Mm-hmm. I, you, and here's the thing about Steph Curry, you know, you, I can't, I can't say you're wrong about it because he's, he's putting up really good numbers um, in shorter minutes than, you know, some of his other MVP competitors. He is the best player on the best team, but it, it's more than that. Like you said, there's that entertainment factor to his game. Um, there's his importance to the team. There's the fact that he's on the cusp of, you know, joining the 50-40-90 club. Um, but at the same time, I'm going to go with James Harden because if you look at his numbers, they're not, not the shooting percentages, but <laughs> all-around numbers are better than Curry's. And I would argue that if you took James Harden off this Rockets team, 
they would be a lot worse than the Warriors without Steph Curry. Yeah, that's a, that's a fact. I mean, you cannot have Patrick Beverly and uh, I mean, you can't have Patrick Beverly and Josh Smith going around the court. I'm sorry, without James Harden, no, you're you're dead. So no, that, that can't happen. So Josh Smith is not in your top ten MVP candidates then. Josh Smith is not in my bottom ten. He's the last one. <laughs> so and you, most valuable player. It's I mean, it's whenever you're on a team and you do good, not when you take a not when you take your name off a team and they do good. That's what happened to Josh Smith with the Pistons. Right. So, you know, um, Clay Thompson, it, is it possible that he debunked um, Steph Curry's MVP shot with that 52-point night? Like, is that even possible? I mean, I don't I don't think one night is going <laughs> to an entire season-long MVP campaign, but I will say that the way he's been scoring the ball lately, the way that Curry hasn't been shooting the ball particularly well lately, um, I, w- I will say that that, hurts his MVP case. You know, for the first, up until about two weeks ago, we thought the Warriors were pretty much just invincible. They were rolling everybody, and they still are. They still have the best record in the league, but the gap is not as wide as it was a few weeks ago. Um, And Curry's numbers have have dropped a little bit in that time. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you know, you've got Harden hitting game winners against the Suns for you know, the third time this season, Suns get beat on a game. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's you can't go wrong with either one of these candidates right now, but, you know, if I had to pick one, I'd say James Harden. But we still have a long way to go, so a lot of things could happen. And, and I, I'm telling you now, the fact that Oklahoma City could have had two MVPs and Russell Westbrook on the same team. <laughs> Sam Presti, I'll never forgive you, Sam Presti. Never. I, yeah, you you want to talk about how bad the James Harden trade was. I'm pretty sure he could have helped during this time. <laughs> Westbrook and Durant were out. But um, Last one for fill in the blank. Uh, another, we're going to talk about another warrior, one of my favorite players in the league, uh, Draymond Green. The one award that Draymond Green should win this season is blank. If you can only win one, I... <laughs> man... I mean, give me defensive player of the year because mm-hmm. that's what you're gonna say. Mm-hmm. I mean, six man of the year is just—I I don't know. I—I I haven't got to see who who all can line up to be the greatest six men, you know, sixth men in the well, league this year. Like, I don't even know who's. He wouldn't even qualify as a six man since he started. He, them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. That, that's the only word they could possibly win, though. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, defensive player of the year is like the only one most improved player. But I would I would say he's a secondary candidate for most improved player. I, I think you can't I don't think you can take give it to anybody but Jimmy Butler. But that's if, what I was gonna say. It's it's a lock you, for Jimmy. So Right. It is a lock for Jimmy. But if it was to go to anyone else, I'd say it'd either be Draymond Green or maybe Rudy Gobert if he keeps up these monster numbers. Um but I'll I'll agree with you. Defensive player of the year makes sense and it he's not your typical candidate because he's a tweener. Um, he does. He's not. He's a pretty unassuming looking player, you know. Um, kind of burly, kind of short, but he's a. He was a great rim protector for like the twelve mm-hmm. games that Bogut missed. He leads the league in defensive win shares and defensive rating. He's the best defender on the league's best defense. Um, I mean, I I I will be pretty. You know, Anthony Davis is just blocking everything in sight, but I will be kind of disappointed if he wins it just because he blocks a lot of shots. Now, I can't remember if Draymond Green played in the national championship at Michigan State. Um, I want to say he didn't because I think the only time they made it was 2009 against the Carolina, North Carolina, and I don't, I don't know if he's that old. He's not that old, so no, he hasn't. I think he... Mm, I think he might have been. I'd need to look that up, but he's yeah. he definitely got some Final Four experience, if I remember correctly. Yeah. And he stayed in school, I think, you know, for a pretty lengthy time. So it's not like this guy's, you know, he, he's experienced and he's intelligent. I mean, listen to him play. It's all about his teammates. That that game against Sacramento when Clay Thompson had his career night, he was like, you know, uh, it's all about defense. I don't care what Clay's doing. You know, just go out there and play D and. Uh, We'll build the score up, and they were tied going into the third, and now they're they're up twenty five. So mm-hmm. he uh, he he helped the uh, Spartans reach two Final Fours in his four years. Okay. So not not too shabby. Um, 
But uh, for over under, we uh, we were gonna play number of Hawks players in the All Star game with, uh, but uh, we found out that three made it. So uh, we'll move on to the second one. Um, Atlanta's win streak. It's currently at 17 games. Um, I'm setting the line at 19. Their next few opponents are versus Portland, versus Philadelphia, at New Orleans, versus Washington, versus Golden State. Man, a lot of this to me. How big is this streak going to be, Shane? Well, last time for Golden State, I said it was going to go 20, and they lost the next <laughs> night. Um, Portland's no push Dang it, man. It's at 17, right? 16, 17. 17? 17 right now. Okay. Um, okay. Give me 21 or whatever that Golden State game is. I think that's the, I think that's the game they lose. Uh, the Golden State game is the game they lose, and there's no shame to that, so I think that's 21. Yeah. I'm, uh... What about you? Oh, this is, this is tough, but I... What did I set the line at? I set the line at 19. 19. So that would mean that they win against Portland and Philly. Um, I don't know. Portland's kind of desperate for a win after losing to the yeah. last night. So that's that's no pushover, especially if LaMarcus Aldridge goes off. Um, but I'm going to go right on the line. I think they lose against the Pelicans in New Orleans. Um, and, you know, if they don't, they're definitely going to lose one of their next three games because they got versus Washington versus Golden State and then, <laughs> yeah. and then at Memphis. I'll uh, ask you this: What if they don't? What if they what they knock out everyone, including the Warriors? Is this team the best team in the NBA? Because I think they're right there. It's one and one A to me. I, I hear people on Twitter saying, "How can you say the Warriors aren't the best team? They're clearly the best." I mean, come on. I mean, the last few weeks, I, I do weekly power rankings for Fanside. The last few weeks, I've had to put them at the top just because they're they're not losing. Um, but <laughs> if they if they go through all those games without a loss, uh, then anything short of a championship would be completely disappointing. Don't be the Pacers, guys. Don't be the don't get the number one seed and get burnt out and then lose like so miserably. Like it's so in, last year. I'm gonna tell you, last year's playoffs, it was like an inevitable. Like, death, cutthroat match. Like you knew the Pacers were going to get their cut, their throat slit at some point. You knew <laughs> that it was over at some point, but you just don't know. You didn't know when. You know, against the Hawks they struggled. Against the Wizards they struggled. You thought, well, it's only a matter of time. And then Miami put them out of their misery. Right. It was. Yeah. Uh, yeah that that whole playoff run they had was pretty. Uh, just waiting for them to to finally pass. So, don't do that, Elena. Don't do it. <laughs> um. Last one for the over-under. Uh, this one for your your team. Um, the Lakers' losing streak is currently at nine games. Uh, Shane, how long does this losing streak last? I'm setting the line at 12. The next, the next four opponents are versus Chicago, at New York, at Milwaukee, at Orlando. Well... I mean, they're only losing the Bulls. They're not losing the Knicks, so they'll go, to, they'll go to ten. I'm sorry, we don't lose the Knicks, guys. Like it, it. No, no. Derek Fisher, not going against Derek Fisher. No, that's not something that can happen. I'm sorry, Byron Scott's not that low. He won't. He won't do that. He'll go for the win. They're going to lose to Chicago tonight when Paul Gasol comes to town, and you know, people are chanting Pal, Pal, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll they'll beat the Knicks. So yeah. Does it do does think? it make you happy to see Pau Gasol succeed, or does it kind of sting a little bit, like watching him put up you know forty eight and sixteen <laughs> was? It doesn't sting having him do that because I had people on numerous levels tell me that Gasol's washed up, and I had to keep on defending him, saying no, he's not. No, right. no, he's not. He's just not on a good team right now. But it does make me sick to, to see him happy. To see him happy <laughs> in, in Chicago. That makes me sick, man. Like you know, he he had, he spent what six great years in LA. Uh, that, I'm, that's terrible. I'm not sad that he's playing well. I'm just sad that he's so damn happy. <laughs> <laughs> and Ke Kevin Love did not make the All Star team. I'm breaking that right now. So yeah. Kevin Love did not make the All Star team. No. Hmm. Uh, he'll probably take Dwayne Wade's spot. Did Dwayne Wade make it? Uh, nobody knows. We're doing this live on the air. Yeah, we're no But um. So I've got. Uh, I'm gonna break your heart a little bit. I'm gonna go over on this. On the okay. Um, I think the Knicks have been playing better. 
I've got Chicago beating them. I got the Knicks beating them. I got the Bucks beating them, and then I think they beat them. I think they beat the Magic in Orlando to finally snap the skid. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's it's just so disgusting talking about. It. Like, I don't think the Lakers should be a topic on our show for the rest of the season. If we can make that a deal, then that'd be all right. I mean, if you don't, if you don't want to talk about the Lakers, we don't have to. <laughs> no, it, it's just so. All right, to me, uh, nothing's pointless in basketball except this. This is pointless. Yeah, it's uh, it's just been a train wreck. But before we go, the uh, the West reserves. Here's the complete list: Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, James Harden, Lamarcus Aldridge, Russell Westbrook, Tim Duncan, and Chris Paul. And then, of course, we still have one more spot to fill um, with the injured Kobe Bryant. I, I think it's Lillard. I mean, I, I really think it's Lillard. I mean, I would say that Cousins, you could put him in there, but that's just too many big guys. You'd have to put in that lineup. Yeah, it's uh, boy, that's a tough one. I, I would want to see Cousins make it over Lillard, especially the way Lillard's mm. trailing off lately. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so that's the West. Uh, the East hasn't been fully announced yet, but we'll cover that in the future. So, all right, tell me who wins. We'll have another show, but who are you lean towards for the All Star game? Who are you leaning towards to win the All Star game? Yeah, yeah. Right now, you know the rosters. Um. I'm leaning towards boredom winning the day, but if I had to pick oh. a team, um, I'd go with uh, the West because they're just so much better. <laughs> oh, yeah, so much better. That's all this show needs to conclude with is the West is so much better, and that's a daily hashtag. That's a, that's a daily <laughs> reminder. The West is better than the East. West Coast, best coast. But uh, for yeah. Shane Young and I, Gerald Bourget, um, thank you for joining us on the Hoops Habit Hangout. We will uh, try to be more consistent and see you next week. <laughs> All right, yeah, and hopefully I'm not sick, man. See you. Yeah, feel better, Shane. Thanks for joining me.